Show number 43 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Tall Latte Captain Non fat? Yeah, white boy's non fat. Kirk here. Go. Uh-huh. No damn signal. Uh-huh. What uh-huh. is up? Listen, gotta go. Yeah, yeah, hold that Why thought. Why can't I get yeah. this signal? Okay. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. They got Wi-Fi here, right? I got business to attend, and I can't attend my business without no damn signal. So would you like a tall latte? <laughs> Non-fat? White girl? Only if they have Wi-Fi. Because I got business. You got business to attend? I got it. That was... One of those wonderful Track 2.0 commercials with the get, dolls. They get better and better. They are so funny. Okay, who do you think called Kirk in that commercial? <laughs> I don't know. And was he thinking. was so fed up and, you know, slaps his forehead with gotta his go, hand. Gotta go, losing the signal. Yeah, gotta go. Go. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And he's just like, ah, oh, shit. I'm betting yeah. Rand. I was thinking Rand. <laughs> Rand was going to be my guess. Calling so. up to whine okay, at him. Yeah, gotta eat go. your salad, you know. <sighs> the watching machine's on. Can't hear you, bud. <laughs> Somebody, actually, the person who sent me that, because I thought I'd seen them all, was Jonk. Oh. And so I went and I looked, you know, she sent me a list of them, and I'm going through them. Yeah, I saw that, saw that. So this one came up. And I think I must have played that like in a loop about twelve times because every time Spock says, "Yeah, white boy, now fat," I lost it. That's just so wonderful. It is. I hope they keep making them. Who cares oh. if they keep showing the show? I just want to see the commercials. <laughs> really, I haven't seen the show yet. Speaking of those, I keep I kept meaning to tell you this. You know. I'm going to keep harping on this forever. I've been watching the episodes on my yeah, iPod. Yeah, your video. So iPod. I was watching. Tholian Webb. Uh-huh. And this is the one where Kirk's caught in that strange space, mm-hmm. and he appears ghostly in Uhura's yeah. mirror. Okay. So she goes running out to, to tell people she's mm-hmm. seen Captain Kirk. And uh, she's kind of the Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. in that one. And she runs into McCoy, Doubting Thomas. And uh, he says, no, now, of course. I know, and he immediately wants to put her on, like, Thorazine. Or something. Right, right. <laughs> And she's going, but I know I saw him, I know I saw him. And, and then at the end, as he's sort of dragging her away to sick face, she yells, Mr. Spock, Mr. Spock. I'm on the elliptical at the gym. <laughs> Burst out laughing. Because the way she yells, Mr. Spock, Mr. Spock, uh-huh. there's a little bit of, do it, Vulcan staff, baby, <laughs> in her voice. But you know what else there is in her voice? What? Prissy from Gone with the oh, Wind. Oh, no, no. You've got to watch it because she goes, Mrs. Spock, Mrs. Spock. <laughs> Don't let that And I'm like, Captain Butler, Miss Scott said you got to come right away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, poor Uhura. Oh, okay, we'll have to watch that. <laughs> For sure. Boy, wasn't that an episode that had a monumental amount of bitchiness between Spock and McCoy? <laughs> you know, so much of the episode is wasted with with exactly that. I know. I mean, why didn't they just have a bitch fight and get it over with, with mm-hmm. lots of slapping and hair pulling? You know? <laughs> it would have been a lot easier than to listen to those two sniping each other like that. You know, I think it was Star Trek Five or Star Trek Six when one of the later movies mm-hmm. came out. Some critic wrote a review that said McCoy and Spock uh-huh. are fighting for Kirk's attention like a pair of aging queens. <laughs> 
And I posted that comment to the news group, and then I think it was Laura Jaquez Valentine mm-hmm. wrote a really funny story called A Pair of Aging Queens. That's right. I remember. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. So anyway, um, we just had a couple um, topics we wanted to, to just sort of kick around. Yeah. And one of the first is, um, this was an article that appeared in the paper, I don't know, 10 days ago, maybe two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you will all remember way, way, way back when, when we were talking about the movie Fight Club, mm-hmm. which we talked about because they have the discussion, if you could fight anybody, who would you fight? And one guy says Shatner. Mm-hmm. I'd fight Shatner. Mm-hmm. And so we had this discussion, and many of our male listeners wrote in to us and, and educated us on the topic of the man crush. Yes. So, a couple weeks ago, there's an article in the paper that here, in the Bay Area, in Menlo Park, mm-hmm. a group of geeks have formed... Fight Club for Geeks, and it is a private club. Mm-hmm. They beat each other up, uh-huh. you know, just like in the movie. And, of course, I had to share this with just about everybody I could think of. You know, there's now a Fight Club for Geeks right here in the Bay Area, and trying to imagine what that was like. Lo and behold, we don't know anybody who's in it, at least not that we know, but... uh it came up as a topic for discussion mm-hmm. on the Trek BBS. And a couple of the comments were, were very, very funny, and I wanted to share them with you, so I just want to scroll down. So, you know, they're talking about why would people do this, blah, 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 blah. And uh, first of all, it says, reminds me of the lightsaber fight we had in the lobby of where I worked, <laughs> and I thought... Your lightsaber couldn't be mine. Not against your lightsaber. The very next comment, I love it because it's kind of deadpan, just says, I would fight William Shatner, which is the quote from the movie. Uh And I think a lot of people didn't pick it up. And you would lose. (laughs) Says, depends on which William Shatner, the fat one or the skinny one. Then down here, it gets funnier. I'd have to make sure he doesn't rip his shirt because that's when he becomes (laughs) invincible. (laughs) That's true. Oh, no, he's gone for the next line. (laughs) That's true. It's absolutely true. So when I found out about this, you and I were IMing, and I asked you, how many of these guys do you think have a crush, man crush on Shatner? Oh, I said all of them. All of them, yes. (laughs) And I was looking for this, and this is part of what I was looking for. Remember we wrote that little prayer? Yeah. And I can't find it. Oh, no. Because we were saying, you yeah. know, they, they pray to him before each fight, and it was something like, oh, mighty Shatner, <laughs> defeater of the Gorn, and something, something, and grant us thy invincibility and lay a little charm and hotness <laughs> on us while you're at it. They do. They have a little picture of him, and they light candles in front of it <laughs> before they beat the snot out of each other. <laughs> And, you know, with nerds, it would be It'd snot. Be snot. It's true. So, they, you know what? They, they have a little ceremony where they light the candles in front of the picture of Shatner, and they say their little prayer. Then they take off their glasses <laughs> and put them on the table. <laughs> and because the glasses all look exactly the same, they have little labels on them so that they all know. And most of them wear them with the labels hanging off them as they leave. That, that's right. And also, if anybody gets hurt... They have no band-aids because they've used them all to take their glasses glasses back together. together. (laughs) And then, you know, they they hike up their pants even higher (laughs) up to their armpits. (laughs) And then they beat the snot out of each other. But I'm 
okay, the, the real nerds I know, they would fight girly. Oh, I was just sort this. of swinging and. <laughs> well, like I was saying, lots of slapping and hair pulling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing um, two uh, mill houses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> from The Simpsons. Geek fighting. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Geek-foo fighting? Well, and you know, the other thing is that uh, it's not like they have to explain themselves to their girlfriends. That's true. They do have to explain themselves to their their mothers. Their parents. When they go home. (laughs) That's true. I'll just have to sneak down to the basement for a couple of nights. (laughs) Somehow, girl geeks don't do that. Girl geeks have secret makeup parties. (laughs) When a group of girl geeks get together for fun, they do things like we do where they go online and they read bad porn to each other and make fun of it. Because that's really fun. And mostly they're laughing at guy geeks. Oh my god, there's a guy geek fight club! And then they're, they're having this exact same conversation. And sometimes they probably even do it on a podcast. We can't be the only ones. That's true. That's a great story. So, you know, really, guys, if any of you are... In a fight club, geek fight club or not, we want to know how yeah. often does Shatner get mentioned in the geek all fight club? All the time. All the time. <laughs> um, I, I can talk about a thing. Okay. While you queue up something else over there. Um, this was a website sent in to us by Kin, and it was on the topic of sex toys and religion because we had talked about that Christian website before. Right. Um, this and is those a, are the sex toys endorsed by God. Right. This is a sex toy site not endorsed by God, and it's called Divine Interventions, and it's divine-interventions.com. And, you know, I've just noticed that their phone number is um, in our area code, so that means it must be located around here somewhere. <laughs> hey, they could be next door. Uh, they probably could be. Um, and what they do is that they sell silicon dildos in religious shapes. So they have the a dildo that looks like of the Virgin Mary. They have a baby Jesus. Uh, they actually have a baby Jesus butt plug. They have one that's called the Jackhammer Jesus. <laughs> they have one that's called Moses. They have the devil. They have Buddha's delight. They do have one shaped like the Grim Reaper, and they also have a Judas. Wow. Yeah. Now, what are the chances that this is run by someone we know? Pretty high. <laughs> I would say pretty high. Is this like your your secret career you haven't told me about? No. So here, just as an example, this is the Jackhammer Jesus, and it's a <laughs> the di- picture is it's hilarious. So it's a, a pretty big looking dildo, and um, the base of it is the top of the cross that Jesus is actually on. So you have crucified Jesus, and then the the shaft and the head down at the bottom, and there's a little wrap that goes along with it that says Jesus was a carpenter. Now he's the power tool. He's the baddest and the best in all of Nazareth. The jackhammer Jesus has just one safety rule. Feet first, feet first, not the head, you fool. <laughs> and then at the bottom it says, can't touch this? Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> I like that. So it, it has a lot of uh, things that are probably pretty offensive if you're a religious person at all. If you're not a religious person, you'll probably find it as hilarious as we did. Um they just have a lot of really amazing things. And imagine, you know, baby Jesus butt plug. They have a whole page of haiku. Oh, let's look at the haiku. Is 
next to a haiku? Uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us to orgasm. That's pretty good. Let's see. In the name of smut, baby Jesus, plug my butt. Oh, <laughs> heavenly joy. <laughs> These are pretty funny. I just found Jesus. Sinning never felt so divine. He converts my ass. <laughs> oh my goodness. These are pretty good. These are pretty good. <laughs> That's a good one. The pastor asked me, Is Jesus or Satan in you? I smile. Both. <laughs> wait, wait. Scroll back up a little. Jackhammer <laughs> Jesus, pounding me hard all night long. He is coming soon. <laughs> How about this one? God so loved God so loved the world that he gave his only son to put up your ass. <laughs> this is pretty blasphemous. Pretty darn blasphemous. I love it. It's really funny. It's really, 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 really funny. Oh dear. So I will put up the link to this. It oh kid. Very, thank you. very, very funny. This is great. I wish I knew where these guys were. Now I'm really curious to know exactly where they're located. Oh, well. I'll have to look it up. Well, I, I clicked on the contact us thing, and uh, there's no address, it, there's no address oh. there, but I could probably look it up. <laughs> so yeah, divine-interventions.com. You will laugh. You will laugh and laugh and laugh. Okay. Um, another, another thing I found entertaining and educational. On Trek BBS, they were having a discussion about the Star Trek skit that was done on Saturday Night Live. And we're talking about years and years ago, the original cast. Mm -hmm. uh, John Belushi played Kirk. It was a week that Elliot Gould hosted. For those of you who haven't seen it, I think we're going to have to search around and see if we can find this on the, the oh, web because yeah. it is such a funny, funny, funny sketch. And people are talking about how wonderful it was. And uh, and later they start talking about the other um, Saturday Night Live mm -hmm. sketches that have been on. But here's something. I didn't, didn't realize this. And uh, this person who is in Parsippany, New Jersey. Hey, New hey. Jersey. And his screen name is Johnny Quest, writes, <laughs> I'm currently reading Mr. Mike, a biography of Michael O'Donohue, who wrote for Saturday Night Live and the National Lampoon. He was the writer of The Last Voyage of the Starship Enterprise, and the book details some of the writing of the sketch. So here's a quote from the book. O'Donohue conceived Last Voyage in early April 1976 and finished the script in mid-May. While putting the piece together, he sometimes sought chemical assistance. <laughs> Quote, I would smoke dope and read the Star Trek books and get little lines and look at the episodes and even string it together to some extent, he said. And it was, in many ways, his most ambitious effort of the season. The piece would run for nearly 12 minutes and end, Ernie Kovacs style, with the set completely disassembled. <laughs> I thought that was interesting about, about the writing of it. And this person also mentioned something that I had heard, that all through rehearsal, Belushi just was no good at doing Shatner. Mm -hmm. And they were going to cut the sketch. And then he did it fantastic in the live show. I remember that that was so great. And he, he was one of the people who, who, who did the full picture. He did mm -hmm. the body language. Mm -hmm. He was great. He was really good. I remember, um, gosh, where was it? There was an interview with him somewhere 
where he um, was talking about that very sketch he was trying to get ready for it, I think, mm-hmm. and, and saying he was finding it hard, and he, he was saying how intimidating it was. Because he he was like, look at me. How can I be William Shatner? How can I take this dumpy little body and turn it into Captain <laughs> Kirk? But he did a really, really good job. And when we were talking about it earlier, I was saying that that sketch being one of the first season, we think, Saturday Night Live. 76. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the first season. Was um, Even though it was making fun of Star Trek, it was also doing it in a loving way mm-hmm. and what it really was doing was ripping nbc for canceling it i know and elliot gould was playing like the network guy and being so totally clueless and saying you know oh sorry we can't have this show on anymore we're gonna have to take everything away from you <laughs> yeah we know it's great television but you know that's the way it goes um you reminded me when you're talking about ripping nbc for canceling the show i remember an episode of taxi and Martin Short was in it. This was before anybody knew him. Uh-huh. And he was playing the head of programming. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, remember Reverend Jim oh, yeah, in Taxi? Yeah. Okay. Um, who was always stoned. Mm-hmm. And he discovered that Jim had the ability to know what shows oh, would I be successful. That. That's right. I remember And so that Jim, Jim was telling he, him how to program, yeah, you know, yeah. what to put up against what. And it was going great. And then Jim decided he didn't want to work for the man or whatever. So he came... Uh, Martin Short came to the taxi place uh-huh. to beg him to do it, and Jim wasn't going to do it, and he wasn't going to do it, and he finally goes, Jim, you could have saved Star Trek. <laughs> and that's what does it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find what else they were talking about. Oh, um, there, there's a little thing here at the very end of the thread I wanted to get to, because it does talk about um, the, the great time that we recently had when watching the, the, the SNL that Jim, that Bill hosted. God, yes. am I losing it. And they even mentioned that great sketch with Nora, what's her face? Look at that butt, honey. And look at that. And they mentioned that. They say, look at that butt. Look at that butt. That's a young butt. <laughs> and I got two of them. <laughs> um, that's also the episode where they do the, the Starship restaurant. And he plays Kirk again. But the other thing I like about the whole SNL thing is I heard Dennis Miller once being interviewed. Mm -hmm. And somebody asked him, who was your favorite guest host? And he said, William Shatner. (laughs) He was so cool. He was so great. And one day, Shatner, Miller, and Dana Carvey went out to get lunch together. And they're walking down the street with two of them on either side Uh of Bill. And he says, and we are both just going... I'm with William Shatner. I'm with the man. It's William Shatner. It's William fucking Shatner. Just man crush all over the place. Oh man! But oh. I love that he's so big that other people, even the, if they're 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 stars, they uh-huh. they turn into fans. Of course. I mean, isn't pretty much everybody a fan of his? Well, yeah, because he is who he is and it's so great now that it's cool to be a Shatner fan again we're seeing a lot more of them it's, people are coming out of the closet as yes. Shatner fans yes. and admitting their crushes on him whether mm-hmm. they're girl crushes or man crushes that's right so order your look at his butt t-shirts to, to show that's right your coolness that's right <laughs> and watch Boston Legal Tuesdays at 10 <laughs> ABC <laughs> oh we're so good <laughs> We we have studied with the master. Yeah, we've we? learned. We've we learned. have. <laughs> so shall we um, break and adjourn to the media viewing room? Okay, let's watch the media 
and then we'll come back with some reviewing things, and we might have a little more newsy stuff um, to sort of round things up. So um, let's have some... Because we got business to tend to. We got business, so let's have some music before we get to the business. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us. We would love to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email, links, and sound files to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook using GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. You found the best podcasts in the universe. remembered that you are amazing you're like my own personal internet wikipedia i am i am (laughs) so what our media viewing was we got the special edition of the intruder right which we've talked about before yes we have um this was a movie from 61 Mm -hmm. in which bill plays a rabble rouser type guy who goes to the south to uh Oh, sorry, 62. 62, okay. Um, to get the people all riled up that they don't want integration. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a film with a big social conscience, and it was directed and put together by Roger Corman. And the part of the special edition we just finished watching was a sort of an interview, sort of a chat um, Shatner and Corman did a few years ago, I think about five years ago, mm-hmm. looked like to me, talking about this, and one of the things they were talking about was that it was not a a financial success, although it won many awards. Mm -hmm. And Corman said that um, some distributor in the South said, oh, I can make money for you with this film, and he changed the name. And Corman couldn't remember what the name was because it was so horrible. And you remembered (laughs) that the name was... I hate your guts. (laughs) It also had several other titles as well. It was called Shame... Mm-hmm. In one of its releases, and um, in England, it was called The Stranger. Now, I believe I've heard that. Yeah, but yeah, that was the the sensationalistic title was "I Hate Your Guts." Okay, what is a worse title? I love to kill. <laughs> I hate your guts, 
or Snakes on a Plane, <laughs> which is a film opening this summer. I know. I saw that. Now, what was the other alternate title uh, for, um, oh, Wanna Ride, Little Girl. Right. Yeah, that, Pulse, that, Wanna Ride, Little girl. girl. I Love to Kill. Right. I think Wanna Ride, Little Girl is pretty bad as a title. I think I Hate Your Guts is worse than any of them. <laughs> Um, but it was great to see Bill talking with Roger Corman. As as always, when we see Bill in these situations, we say, why doesn't he have his own talk show? Because he he just slips into that role so naturally. Mm-hmm. Ended up of pre- drawing people out. Yeah, just interviewing Roger Corman and, and really listening to what he was saying. And it, he wasn't just waiting for his turn to talk, mm-hmm. which is so often the case when you see these interviews. Yes, yes. And it was good. And he told some funny stories about... Borrowing some scary guy's souped-up Pontiac <laughs> that didn't have an air filter. It had, like, an open-air um, quad-carb. Yeah. And how, what he's supposed to do when it, catch, when it catches on fire. Not if it catches. Because it does this <laughs> frequently. <laughs> and and then, I'm thinking the point of that story was going to be, after the guy explained all this to Bill, mm-hmm. that he would say, Okay, thanks, I won't borrow your car. But it does Of course he does, because it was the fastest car in the tri-state area. So how could he not borrow the fastest car in the tri-state area from the scariest guy that they had met? That's so dope. Bill lives in a world of superlatives. <laughs> that is so true. That's really good. We should write that one down. Okay. It's absolutely true about him, so definitely fastest car. Scariest guy. Charmingest and hottestness. Hottestness, absolutely. <laughs> he told this funny story about uh, how he lost his voice right before he was supposed to do his big speechifying at the end. So he had about 24 hours during which time um, he couldn't talk and he was trying to sleep as much as possible. And he was saying that whenever he woke up during that 24-hour period, instead of asking for food or drink, he would have to write it down. And so we were imagining that whatever woman he was sleeping with (laughs) at that time, because, of course, he was sleeping with a woman, and she was probably in his bed, you know, trying to make him comfortable and happy. And he was writing things down like orange juice, you know, toast, does this feel good, (laughs) more. Do more of that. (laughs) Well, I thought it was funny, too, that he was saying he took these sleeping pills and he thought they were going to knock him out for 24 hours. And so he wakes up thinking it's been 12 hours. Uh-huh. It's only been three. But he takes more pills. Because he's he Bill. <laughs> more is always better. I also like, too, when they were talking about, um, they were filming a, a scene that took place on a playground. And they started out filming it in front of this one school they had scouted and everything, and they filmed a whole day there doing their long mm-hmm. shots and everything. And then the next day they were told, no, you can't shoot here anymore. So Corman remembered there was a, a park in the town they had just left that had swing sets. So they went back there, and they filmed a half a day there before they got kicked off. <laughs> and then they went to a school playground <laughs> and finished their filming and just kind of did whatever you could. And he was talking about... Um, the budget on it was seventy to eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and how he felt very strong that whatever money you spent, you should see it on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it, did, I, I liked hearing about that aspect of it because I sort of like 
that whole seat of the pants filming, mm-hmm. seat of the pants theater. As I, as I said, a lot of times when I see some of these things, it reminds me of my days in Summerstock, where you may do whatever you could do, and every every penny went into the show. Mm-hmm. It didn't go into making the seats more comfortable, mm-hmm. or the craft services, as Kwame yes, says. Yes. So that that was really interesting, and I can I can easily imagine that. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that that Bill would make a movie with Roger Corman. Um, of course, a lot of people got their start doing Corman films mm-hmm. because it was a, a place where you would learn a lot. Um, and I think this film came in a period where Bill was trying to make that transition from being a stage actor to being a film actor and a television actor. And it was probably um, a way that he could get in without having to audition, for one thing, because it mm-hmm. seemed like Corman really wanted him for this. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to go up against other actors. And it wasn't a film that required him to have um, a reputation as, right. as a film star. But I also think in his early career, Bill made a lot of interesting choices, mm-hmm. and not all of them necessarily uh, turned out to be great choices. But like this, you know, he was saying he was attracted by this strong script and this subject matter. And you think about... In our last show, we were talking about Explosive Generation, mm-hmm. and again, that was that was a, a film with a, a social conscience mm-hmm. to it, and he did a number of films like that, and I think, you know, like he did the Esperanto thing, and yeah. I'm not saying that had a social conscience, conscience, but I'm sure the whole idea of it intrigued him. This is a different way of doing this, and yeah. I think all you have to do is wave that different flag in front of Bill, yeah. you know, fastest car, anything, catches on fire, you know, <laughs> you have to bring your own lunch, but it's got a strong script, and he'll come running. I think so. Oh, always wanting to do something different. Yeah, he's he's not one to to choose the safe path. No, never, never. And I think that was part of the the sort of. I think really he had kind of a love hate relationship with Star Trek right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Not even once it turned into this thing that sort of trapped him in that role, but he was having to chase financial success because of, you know, family obligations mm-hmm. and everything else, when he really wanted to chase artistic satisfaction. Yeah. And so he had to go after doing a TV series, even if he really would have rather been doing movies in Esperanto or whatever it was. Imagine what his career would have been like if, like if he didn't have a family to support, if he had just had the freedom to, to do whatever he wanted to do without having to, to worry about... Uh, making sure his kids mm-hmm. had a home and, and had money. And then after that, even when he had his alimony and child support payments, you know, I think he would have had a very different career right. if he had just been a single guy on his own without that, that family. Right. And I think that post-Star Trek period um, it was unfortunate for him in that way for a couple of reasons. He He had to chase the dollar, but also he was now typecast as this icon Mm -hmm. and so he couldn't even chase the dollar doing things that might have been more satisfying to him he was doing impulse and and promise margin Mm -hmm. commercials and all these other things and and some of you know the really bad movies and 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 tv things he did during that period Mm -hmm. but in a way that just that just makes it all the more remarkable how he is just so determined that uh, look at look at his career now. Look at where he is. He is back on top, and in many ways more on top than he was, mm-hmm. because now he has the financial success. 
he, of course, is, is adored by his fans, but that's always been true. But he also really has the respect of his peers mm-hmm. now. Because he has been to the high and the low. Yeah. And I think it's great that people are rediscovering these movies that he was in. They were talking, uh, Corman was talking about how um, Intruder had been revived a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at a festival that was about um, social issues that were dealt with in films. And it got rave reviews and people mm-hmm. were saying, this is an amazing movie. And I, I, I just think it's wonderful that people can finally see some of these films, you know. It was so hard for us to get Explosive Generation. Mm-hmm. That would be a great film to be re-released because it's interesting. It's got him in a great performance, you know. It's not just uh, one of those weird, campy 60s mm-hmm. films. It actually has some meaning to it. Well, and that's one of the other really nice things about DVD. I think it's the saving of a lot of mm-hmm. um, minor classics and, and minor films and films that were in danger of being lost. I mean, for the longest time, they thought the Esperanto movie, and I'm blanking on the name of it now, um, was completely lost. Mm-hmm. And then somebody found a copy of it, and that was about five years ago or so, that it became available on, on videotape. And nobody had seen it for years. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing more of his early stuff becoming available in a decent format because mm-hmm. we've seen some of his early television stuff and it's pretty interesting and now some of those TV series that, that he was in early on are starting to be available mm-hmm. in, in decent quality too right yeah and then one day they'll have uh, the whole Barbary Coast out on DVD oh whoopee <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for that well you know I would really like to see I think it's the it's called For the People yeah which is the, the, the legal show. Right, the, when he was the district attorney, right? And it ran for only a year, and mm-hmm. it was canceled. And from there, he went on to Star Trek. Yeah. But that would be really interesting. I don't believe I've ever seen an episode of that. I don't think so. I think there are some available on tape, mm-hmm. but they're, like, uh, you know, not great copies or right. taped off TV or something. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, in this, when they were talking about... And I've heard a little bit about this before, but in filming this, they were filming in the South. And they kind of had a skirt around the issue of what is this movie actually mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny that when they were, Corman was saying when they were doing the big crowd scene, when Bill wasn't talking, where he was in the long shot, so he didn't have to do the voice, and they had other people reading his part. Mm-hmm. They weren't even really reading his part. No. They were reading totally innocuous things, and the people were cheering. And by the time it got to be... The close-ups to actually do mm-hmm. Bill and him actually saying the words. It, most everybody had gone home. There were like ten people, and they were talking about how there were very few professional actors mm-hmm. in this. Mostly, they used local townspeople. You know, they had great faces, and there was a, a realism to it. So, you know, people like that, when they get tired, they go home. You know, they're not bound by some contract to hang around. As as Bill was saying, they quickly found out the truth that making a movie like watching a horse show, (laughs) which I thought was pretty apt, is very, very boring unless you are intimately associated with it. That's right. And he's he's right about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That was funny. But so then the people have all gone home, and Bill gets up there and makes this this strong anti-integration mm-hmm. speech, you know. And, uh, and they were also talking about the, there were some guys who, um, locals, who I guess Bill hung out with or were hanging out with him or mm-hmm. following him around and, and just thought he was the greatest because of this great character he's playing when they found out that that was a bad guy. <laughs> they were so disappointed. They weren't Aww. happy. <laughs> That's very funny. 
Uh, so I think we're going to watch The Intruder at some point mm-hmm. and, and talk about it some more. Um, one thing that we did notice, so this interview between um, Shatner and Corman looked like it was on a stage or in a studio, and the, the movie was sort of running behind them, but they were not doing commentary on the movie. Right. It was really an interview and storytelling. But we couldn't help but notice in many of the scenes that Bill is wearing white pants. <laughs> And you get to see his butt a lot. And he's looking gorgeous. And he's looking great, of course, because it's 1962, and he's young, and even though he has fake hair, it still looks great, and, you know, all of that. All that stuff. Yeah. You guys can fill that part in. Yeah. <laughs> and and because it's taking place in the South, and it's summer, he's all sweaty. Yeah. And he's mopping sweat. Off you know, face. it's interesting, too. When they did show a little bit of the movie, and they were showing... The, the scene on the, the courtyard steps the, that was being mm-hmm. filmed at midnight with Bill doing the big speech. And they, of course, were showing the final version, so it's cut in with the crowd and everything. But seeing these people who, whether they were actors or local people, you know, looked like the real thing mm-hmm. and the clothes they were wearing and hearing the night sounds, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the crickets chirping and everything, it, it, it just... It had such a realism to it that I was thinking that, going, God, I bet it was a really hot night. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, if you've ever been in, in the South or even in parts of the Midwest where it's so blazingly hot and humid, humid you yeah. can imagine. Mm-hmm. And that film just captures it without a lot of obvious mopping of brows mm-hmm. and, and things like that. They just really made good use of their atmosphere and of the available people and, and sites. Yeah, very naturalistic film. Mm-hmm. You know, very straightforward. Not a lot of, uh, not camera tricks, not fancy editing or anything like that. Right. Just a very straightforward story, very simply told. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we should, we'll have to watch that yeah, all the way through. because it's been a while since we've seen that. It is. Excellent. What is next on the list? Should we talk about some of this YouTube stuff? Yes, we've been finding some fun things on yeah. YouTube. And people have been sending us stuff, <laughs> which is great. We've got you guys doing our research now, yes, so that's all good. Very much so. Now, I, I have to say, um, when you go to YouTube and you search for things, if you search for, for just the word Shatner, you get nine pages of stuff. That's awesome. It's great. Yes. Now, a lot of the same stuff is on there, and we've talked about the, the things that are fairly common, like the Rocket Man thing. And Which some, has been posted way too much. Yeah, you, you don't need to see that. Uh, but there's a lot of other fun stuff, and we, in looking through it tonight, we found a couple of things that we wanted to mention. Now, one of them, we've told this story before. Um, <laughs> we were trying to play the Star Trek Academy game and failing miserably at it because we just can't figure anything out. And I had found a little program that allowed you to actually play the video clips from the game without having to actually play the game to see the video clips. It was just a little hack. So you could see it. And Shatner was at the very beginning of it. And we had heard that he was also at the very end of it. But we couldn't find the clip for the end. So Mm -hmm. we never got to see it. Well, somebody posted it to YouTube, finally. And um, we just watched it. And it's really short. And it's really weird. And I think we had mentioned at the time that the uh, clip of him at the beginning, he looks really uncomfortable, like he's got indigestion or something, mm-hmm. just not looking very happy to be there at mm-hmm. all. And I, I get the feeling, of course, you know, they filmed the beginning and the end thing about two minutes apart. They just made yeah. him walk to a different place. He looks kind of odd. He looks kind of odd. And what I was noticing, too, in watching that little end segment, um, George Takei is also in it as Sulu. And 
Sulu has at least as many lines as Shatner. Maybe that was a condition mm-hmm. of him doing it. But many of them are lines that should have been said by Kirk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and it's really weird to see the two of them amidst all these other, you know, community theater actors who <laughs> are really... And that mean admiral. And the mean admiral. I mean, they <laughs> are... guy could have done without ever seeing him again. They were really happy to be remembering their lines completely, and, mm-hmm. you know. It was just, it was very strange. So I'm really glad that we, we have seen that now because now I know what have it's to play like. the game again. What? It's like in Galaxy Quest, the first time that, that Tim Allen goes with the Thermians uh-huh. and he thinks he's going like to somebody's garage right. to film a scene mm-hmm. and they take him and he's going, wow, this set is really pretty good. You guys did a good job. So do you have a script for me? You want me to just wing it? Okay, let's just do it. Yeah, give him this barrel, that barrel. Let's go. Okay, I'm home. Bye. You know, and it just, it reminded me of that. It was, I, and of course, it totally reminded us of Galaxy Quest because what Everything did they reminds show? Us of Galaxy what do they show but the Enterprise in quote-unquote dry dock and then they have to pull it out and, and we're sitting here making the screeching noises. <laughs> And, you know, that scene, it's very funny. I was having brunch with a friend of mine who, you know, is, is not as uh, Trekkie like we are, but, you know, everybody's aware of Star Trek. And for some reason, we got to talking about Galaxy Quest, and that's the scene he brought up is the one where they're pulling out a space dock and scraping the edges. The sparks are coming <laughs> off of it. Oh, my God, that's so funny. So uh, if you would like to see that, I'll, I'll put in a link to it, and you can see the really weird ending to Star Trek Academy if you win the game. <laughs> and I am assuming some people out there have actually won that well, game. Well, remember somebody wrote to us saying yeah. he tried to play it. It was beyond him, and he was a gamer. Um, I want to talk, though, also about in the in the notes the person put put with this oh, video. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, you know, look at Shatner's eyes. And so, of course, we're looking at his eyes, and, and they are... Looking very strange. And I don't know, when do you think this was made? Like 10, 15 years ago? Oh, probably 15 years ago, yeah. I think, yeah. And we were speculating, and since I recently was around a person who had had plastic surgery less than two weeks mm-hmm. earlier, and I, I, I don't know anything about that, you know, and I just thought... You know, once it heals, it's great, but apparently it takes some time for the puffiness to go down mm-hmm. and the, the sort of weird tight look to it. And that's what I was thinking is Bill looked like he was pretty fresh out of plastic surgery. Yeah, it could well be. could be. And they just made him do this. Like, mm-hmm. he couldn't put it off any longer. Yeah. And they were like, you have to come. Your contract says yeah. you need to do yeah. this. I wouldn't be surprised. So that's my theory. I, I, I agree. I think it's a good theory. Speaking of YouTube, I also wanted to say that I just checked the stats on our little video. Yeah, five hundred times it's been watched. Yay! That's pretty awesome. I like that. And it's all those Scofflaws fans because <laughs> <laughs> they want to hear about William Shatner. Now, there's another video on YouTube that somebody recommended to us, and it's called "Sci-Fi Battles: Kirk versus Picard." And it's it's very very clever. It's um, two. It's TOS footage and TNG footage that's edited together, and the TOS footage is mostly from um, Balance of Terror. Mm-hmm. A few other episodes thrown in there, but mostly Balance of Terror. And I have no idea what the TNG stuff is from because it could be any episode, right. really. And the whole point of this is, well, Kirk wins, <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> duh. 
And it's because he is so very decisive about it. You know, mm-hmm. he's just kind of saying, bam, bam, no bam. No shilly shallying. No shilly shallying. And, you know, Picard's all, oh, let's talk about it first. And <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. No, no I'll just shoot you, thanks. So it's a very clever little thing. It's about five minutes long. So um, that's fun to watch, but the the really funny thing about it is that there are a lot of comments here, most of them along the lines of, oh, this is a great episode. You know, some, <laughs> sorry, great edit, not episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe somebody no, actually wrote oh that. Oh, my God. Uh, something that should have happened a long time ago, you know, justice prevails, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, of course, there had to be a comment from an alpha monkey. <laughs> hey, hey. It's not a Star Trek video if an alpha monkey doesn't get in on it. Which says, nicely done video, but it's wrong. And wrong is in capital letters. Picard would have won that one hands down. So it's a nice video, well put together, but extremely unrealistic. (laughs) Entertaining, though. I get your point for making it. See, that's what makes it a real alpha monkey, is the condescension at the end. I get your point for making it. It's entertaining, but it's unrealistic. I just love the word unrealistic being applied to a video of two science fiction shows made 30 years apart being edited together. It's unrealistic. Because it would have been much more realistic if it had been the same footage edited together where Picard won. Yeah. That would have been realistic. (laughs) But it was entertaining, though. Okay, and that was posted by Android Commander. Yeah. Um, what I like, though, is that the guy who made it um, responded and said, I didn't make it, I just found it, which I thought was good. And he says, as Worf just said while I was reading your comment, shields are down, so those nacelles are vulnerable, so a Constitution-class ship could certainly take it out with phasers and photons, and Kirk would. <laughs> In the real episode, a Reliant-class takes the D out just by hitting it, and dozens of times he needed so many tries just to get it right. So if anything is unrealistic, it's the original episode. Long live the Kirk. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Go geeks! Go geeks! I think the Kirk side wins on this one. Absolutely. And, and they're, of the 26 comments, I think 24 of them were all like, yes, Kirk would so totally blow up a card ship. Go Kirk. And Kirk would do it. He would. And he would, would too! He would. So that was really He would very press fun. his advantage. Best video ever. TOS pones over TNG. <laughs> Perfect. Well done. <laughs> I love it. So YouTube is just full of fun little things like that. And, and new things going up there all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, we've seen things. There have been recently a couple more clips from uh, the Dinosaur Show posted that we will probably um, view and talk about for your entertainment. I'm hoping somebody will post the... Um, the clip of that Saturday Night Live sketch we were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. The now, Belushi one. Now, if anybody knows where we can get that, like yeah. if it's on a particular DVD that's a best of Saturday Night Live or one of the in particular, let us know because we'd really like to know so that we can have it. Yes, I would love to love to see that again. It's yeah. been a long time. That would be a really, really, really good thing. Oh, let's see. Oh, do we want to do this? Oh, yeah, we could do that, although I don't have it ready is the problem. Oh, well, then we won't do it. Okay. We'll, we'll just, save that we'll for just, next time. We'll leave them to ponder what that could possibly what, be. What could we possibly be talking about? I know. Um, and what about this? This one? No, 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 the one underneath it. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this Nothing. is radio. They have no idea what we're doing. No idea. It's this. It's this. 
is. We're pointing at a piece of I'm paper. I'm holding it up to you. I ran across this little article, and it was, uh, I think it was in Indiana, <laughs> where they're having a, a film festival. Not really a festival, mm-hmm. but they asked the local people, you know, vote. What are your favorite cult films? And we'll show them, you know, mm-hmm. like one every Saturday night over the summer. And one of them is Wrath of Khan. A cult film? <laughs> I don't think that's a cult film. No. Not in the way that, like, the Rocky Horror Show is a cult <laughs> film. Well, yeah, I mean... It's a really popular film. I, I, I think when, you get, when your cult gets as big as Trekkiedom is... You you become a legitimate religion. Yeah, yeah, it's not a cult anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, we've surpassed Moonies. Yeah. And we're now the Catholic Church. <laughs> hmm, I'm now thinking of all of the Trek films, and if I had to say which one of them was a cult film, it wouldn't be Wrath of Khan, that's for sure. And it wouldn't be four. It wouldn't be any of the even-numbered ones. Because uh-uh. those were all fairly well-received and very yeah. entertaining and yeah. had quite a lot of people. It would have to be one of the odd-numbered ones. And I might even say number three. Because I think number three, The Search for Spock, was a cult film in that it was really appealing to the people who were total Spock fanatics. Now, you see, I find that to be a very interesting comment because in many ways I prefer three to four. And... Since Spock doesn't come into it till the end, mm-hmm. to me that movie is just all Kirk all the time. Mm-hmm. And I love it for that reason. That it really is just following his adventure, following yeah. his heart. That's true. That's so maybe I'm true. a cult of one. I don't know. I, 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 we would probably have to watch them yeah. to reevaluate them. It's been so I'm long. not sure any of them really qualify as a cult film. Yeah. Culture. You know, it's, it's not like... Um, uh, it, it, some of the old Betty Davis films right. are cult, cult films, films, things like that. But speaking of films and cults and things like that, when I saw The Da Vinci Code, mm-hmm. it was a Thursday night, we went and saw the movie, and we came out, and we had gone to kind of an early show, so I think we were getting out like 8.30 or something. We're at the multiplex, mm-hmm. and there's people sitting in a line in the lobby, and I said to my husband, look, line geeks. He's going. What? What are they? Li- what are they lined up for? Well, the X Men movie oh, yeah. was having its first showing at midnight, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, we're looking at real line geeks!" <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> Can I tell you that I was a line geek for the X Men? Were you? Well, yes. we were line geeks together for um, the Lord of the Rings. Movies. Yes, that's right. We were. Yeah. When when my friend Logan and I went to see uh, X Men. We went on opening weekend. We did not go for the midnight show, mm. but we got there early. Then you're not a real line. No, thing. but we did sit there online with the other people, and we were like the first ones to be led into the theater, and we got to select our seats, and we got mm-hmm. absolutely primo seats, and it was totally worth it. There was an online comic strip that ran for quite some time in between, or during the time um, after the first Lord of the Rings movie had come out, while they were waiting for the mm-hmm. second one. This very talented person did this comic strip called Waiting for Frodo. And I subscribed to it because I loved it so much. And it was about a line waiting for the next movie. (laughs) And it was so funny because they got into arguments among themselves. You know, they broke into little little, uh, mini cults. Uh And... They got into arguments with the Star Wars people who were across the street, and settling the argument or ending that particular strip was when a guy with pointy ears showed up and went, what is, what 
is wrong with you? <laughs> but it was really funny, and I'm sure it's probably still posted. It was called Waiting for Frodo. Oh, I'm going to have to go look that oh, up. Oh, I loved it. Was that the one where, where the guy on the line met the girl, and, and then he found out her real name was Galadriel? Yeah, she said her name was Gladys. <laughs> Gladys. But, you know, because she... Oh, yeah, and she wasn't into it, but, like, you know, he became her boyfriend, so she sort of waited, and they were all making her read the books. <laughs> And they kept going, what are you up to now? What are you up to now? And the best part was when they said, who's your favorite character? And her favorite character was Sam the Pony. <laughs> I just loved that. That's great. And they, of course, the, other, the, the real Lord of the Rings geeks in this comic strip were just appalled. Oh. <laughs> it was very good. Oh, that's great. So that's a cult. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of other movies. Like, actually, I was trying to think of a movie that Bill was in. That's a cult movie, mm. and probably, uh, hmm, I don't know. Uh, you're right. Not the Star Trek movies. Mm-mm. See, I think Impulse has the potential it, because it could be like a camp cult thing. That's you know? right. If more people had seen it, I yeah. think that's the thing. It yeah. just hasn't been seen by enough people. Is the problem. Hmm, I don't know. We're going to have to think about this. Yeah, I don't think he's ever really... I, I think that, that um, there is a small cult of people around T.J. Hooker who like it for purely for its total outrageous camp value yes, and yeah. him like, rolling across the hoods Hood, of cars yeah. and things like that. But as far as movies go, I'm not sure he's been in a cult movie. Uh-uh. And, and like I say, you know, Trek has grown so far beyond... That yeah, the thing is, Trek as a whole, you could say, is a cult because, like, if you were to arrange midnight showings of all the movies, or do you remember the excitement when Sci-Fi Channel started oh, showing the episodes again, and they hadn't been on TV in a long time? So that's a cult thing. But I don't think you could pick one of the movies and say it's a cult movie. No, no, it's the whole phenomenon. Yeah, is is a cult of its own. That's true. I know the cult movie he's what? been in. What? What? Big Bad Mama. Oh yeah, <laughs> I could probably agree with you. Can I just tell you that when you look up William Shatner in IMDb, do you know how many film credits he has? One hundred and eighty-eight. One hundred and eighty-eight. <laughs> look at that's your at the screen. That's that's pretty fucking amazing. One hundred and eighty-eight mm-hmm. different credits, going all the way back to nineteen fifty-one. That is just amazing. I'm just looking through some of his credits to see um, if there are any cult films that we're not thinking of. These are all things that he produced. He's got like 100 and... You know what is sort of a mini cult film? What? Free Enterprise. That is true. That is true. And you know, in Free Enterprise, they go see Wrath of Khan. (laughs) I was thinking about that when you said Maybe that's why. Maybe that is it. We have to watch that again. Yes. I love that. I love that movie, too. I don't know. I mean, there's a... I'm thinking of other TV stuff now. You know, there's a fairly well-established Twilight Zone cult. I mean, there are people who are very, very obsessive about that. So that would probably... That would probably work. I don't think there's a a Comanche Blanco (laughs) cult yet. (laughs) Although we might be responsible. (laughs) For establishing one. Maybe Bill has this whole mini theme running through his career of uh, movies with bongos. <laughs> or just weird percussion in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
Oh, I also want to point out to everybody, um, when we started the, the show with Explosive Generation, the, the, the movie, mm-hmm. the music from that, the ch sound in it. <laughs> it's my dog sneezing. <laughs> that was Buster. He was sneezing. It was really funny. So he's in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he's always in the podcast. Yeah, uh, something like that. Well, gosh, I don't think there's any other cult things that he's really been in. But I can see, god damn, he has been in a lot of stuff. Oh, really? That is for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, we were talking um, a couple shows back, maybe, about that uh, the Boston Legal first season is now out on DVD. Yes, and I was saying the bonus um, thing mm-hmm. part, or the bonus whatever materials, is um, the episodes of The Practice that he and Spader were in. Mm-hmm. That's not fully true. Oh. That is on the version being sold only in Best Buy. So if you want the Boston Legal with the practice episodes, you've got to buy it at Best Buy. And if you don't buy it at Best Buy, does it not have any extras on it? It, it may have extras, but it doesn't have the practice extras. That, that's bizarre. A lot of places are starting to do this, like um, Garth Brooks, his latest CD for the longest time, and maybe now still, was only sold in Target. They're doing these uh, licensing agreements. That is really weird. Yeah. All right. Now I'm looking up this Boston Legal <laughs> set on Amazon just to see what they say as far as the extras go. Well, that's what I have learned on the internet. All right. Well, we'll look it up. What is this plog thing on Amazon? What's I, a plog? I don't know. Somebody tell me what a plog is because I'm too stupid to figure it out for myself. Look at. Oops. Oh, I saw that. Was that a book? No. Oh. It was. Um, when they did the the thing at the Paley Festival. Oh. So, so now, what does this say about the extras? I'm looking. Product details. DVD features. Uh, court is now in session. How Boston Legal came to be featurette. An unlikely pair, Alan Shore and Denny Crane featurette. Deleted scenes from pilot episode with introduction. Hey, I'll send for that from Netflix. Yeah, so let's get, look get that. Because that looks pretty interesting. <laughs> but it doesn't say. It doesn't say. No, you're absolutely right. Um... Speaking of Boston Legal, I wanted to to tell you a funny thing that I saw in the paper just the other day. It was a story about um, some sea otters that had been rescued, and they were about to be set free again. And some of the marine mammal organizations do this on a regular basis, so they always have an influx of otters that they're saving and returning and Mm -hmm. saving and returning. And they like to give them names, but um, they often find that they're running out of names. So sometimes they end up with the same name, but they let the people who find them, who rescue them, name them. So they so gave, it's like if you discover a comet. Exactly. So they gave a whole list of names for the current ones that they had that they were about to let go. And they had, you know, sort of silly names. And one of them was named Alan Shore. <laughs> I thought that was so Not funny. Not Denny Crane. Not Denny Crane. I mean, I'm reading this and it was like, you know, and, and uh, you know, Flipper and Vicky and <laughs> Alan Shore. It's like, Alan Shore? <laughs> so what do they do when it's feeding time? Come on, Alan. Come on. Come get well, some I'm fish. just picturing all the sea otters hanging out together and meeting each other. Hi, I'm Beaky. Hi, I'm I'm Flippy. I'm Alan Shore. <laughs> Alan Shore, what kind of stupid name is that? And they all laugh, this sea otter laugh. <laughs> but it was just so funny. And the, the great thing was that... Um, in this newspaper article, there was no comment on that at all. <laughs> it's, it's just like right by statement of paragraphs. 
That was really good. So I just had to mention that. <laughs> Oops, I misspelled Boston Legal. Imagine okay. I'm trying. Then you're fired. I am fired. It's because it's late. I'm just trying to see if Best Buy lists it and actually lists okay. that extra feature. You are such a researcher. Well, oh, here it is. Season 1, five discs. Let's see what it'd be saying. You know, I could probably get that extra stuff off of <clears throat> BitTorrent <laughs> or something. Oh, look. No product description. That's pretty stupid. Boston Legal Season 1, widescreen dubbed, dubbed, subtitle doubly. Dolby. I know. It's a spinal <laughs> tap joke. Well, um, they don't list what the extras are. That's pretty stupid. Well, that's what I heard. Uh, you're probably right. You because know. you can believe it if it's on the internet. <laughs> Oh, um, so this is our first, uh, episode of our second year, sort <gasps> of, right? Yeah, and we didn't even end on a cliffhanger. I know. Um, so my question to you is, what's in store for this second year of Look at His Butt? More Boston Legal. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully we're going to score some interviews. That would be good. We keep saying, you know, we want to talk to so-and-so and talk to people and talk to Bill. <clears throat> Bill, we will be your online geeks. You know, we would line up yeah. outside your house or whatever. Totally, totally. Um, I don't know. What do you see? More of the same? New features? New ideas? I, I think that we're going to... Um, we're going to be obviously getting back to Boston Legal. I think we're going to have more events that we're covering. For sure. I know I found it. So Okay. Um, so more events that we're covering, hopefully more interviews, and, and I think um, definitely more reviews of shows, because because we had so much Boston Legal to cover, we weren't doing as many episode reviews mm-hmm. as we wanted to, so I think we want to get back into that again. Yeah, well. And um, maybe covering a, a few more things that we've been saying we were going to do, like um, we'd really like to talk about some of the animated series. And um, also, we have coming up. Sacramento Con. Yeah, we have Sacramento Con. And probably the trip to Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. That's going to be good. So there'll be some travel. Mm -hmm. A little bit of road trip. A little bit of road trip. Definitely more fan fiction. Mm -hmm. We'll be recommending both the good and the bad. (laughs) Although we don't recommend the bad. Well, you know, for (laughs) a laugh. For your your own amusement. (laughs) And while while we were chatting about that, I, I was Googling and I did find it. So it says... Best Buy exclusive. Buy Boston Legal Season 1 and get an exclusive bonus disc containing four episodes of the show that inspired it, The Practice. Um, There's an audio commentary on Death Be Not Proud. On-camera interviews with cast and writers. I'm kind of assuming that's the same feature and Mm -hmm. it's just this one extra disc that you can get. Right. So there it is. Bonus disc and it has a picture of Alan Shore airbrushed to make his face look really thin. Alan Shore the sea otter or Alan Shore the lawyer? <laughs> I think it's the lawyer. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't have any whiskers. That's how they I could have airbrushed those they, out. They could have done and it. And all the sea otters are going, ah! <laughs> uh, this description. Don't they know that Alan Shore is a flamingo? Jeez. Good ones. This is very funny, the description. Led by an Emmy award winning cast. James Spader, William Shatner, and Candace Bergen. That would be two Emmys for William Shatner. Mm-hmm. For well, the same yeah, character. but Candace Bergen won several for Murphy Brown. But not for Boston Legal. No, but um, I believe I read somewhere that Bill is, or was, the first person to win two Emmys for playing the same character in different series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston- because he won for the practice. Yeah, yeah. 
Boston Legal tells the professional and personal stories of a group of brilliant but often emotionally challenged attorneys. Fast-paced and darkly comedic, the series confronts social and moral issues. No, it doesn't. <laughs> While its characters continually stretch the boundaries of law. And credulity. And credulity, <laughs> and also <laughs> the fourth wall while we're at it. Oh, well, they, they totally knocked <laughs> that down. Yeah. That's gone. I don't think that the series confronts social and moral I, I issues. I mean, I think, uh, you know, in the next season of Boston Legal, we can expect them to turn to the camera and go... <laughs> Kitty, Lena, are you getting this? <laughs> you know what I want Alan Shore to do at some point? Right. I want him, when he's listening to Brad talk or something, to hold up one of those Bugs Bunny signs that has a picture of a screw and a ball on it. <laughs> right to the camera. Or the picture of bats in the belfry. Or just... Oh, I want him to do that, that routine Chevy Chase and Jane Curtin used to do, where she'd be oh, talking right. so earnestly he'd and he'd be making the faces. <laughs> That would be that'd good. be good too. That would be very good. They may do that. <laughs> Who knows they where may they're just going? Do that. Uh-huh. Um, also coming up within the next, I believe, three weeks or so are the Emmy nominations. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize it was so soon. Yeah. Wow. So that'll be interesting. We'll have to see. Yeah. It's funny, you know, they can't really have. Um, cast nominations for Boston Legal since the cast changes so frequently. Right. And it's kind of a shame they don't do, like, um, an ensemble award. You know, some yeah. some acting awards do do an, an ensemble because I think they're pretty remarkable yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. Despite the, the constant changes of the, the underlings and the, the underlings hobbits and, and, hobbits. and the sea otters. Do you know that um, in there's... Part of the stats that we have for our show that show how many downloads we've had and it lists the search terms. Mm-hmm. And one of the search terms that comes up consistently every single week, what's the, is the three words shirtless, Justin, and Mentel, the guy who played the Hobbit. Yes. Why? <laughs> Nowhere on our site do we have the three words shirtless, Justin, and Mentel in that sequence. Are they in quotes? Like it's one phrase? It, it doesn't tell you that. Okay, because we do yeah. talk about shirtlessness, but certainly not the Hobbit's See, shirtlessness. I'm just not comfortable with people who are looking for pictures of Justin Mentel shirtless coming to our site. I'll, I figured, you know, let them uh, learn about much higher forms of shirtlessness. <laughs> and who better to guide them? It's true. It does make me a little disturbed that there are people we, searching we for shirtless Justin We are the Virgil Mentel. to their Dante. <laughs> How was that for a literary illusion that late was, at night? That was great. Thank I like you. That. I like that. But really, the fact that people want shirtless pictures of Justin Mantel, doesn't that bother you just a little bit? Not so much as an alpha monkey being condescending <laughs> about Kirk and Picard. <laughs> shirtless Justin Mantel. <laughs> it just gives me shivers. You know, here's a battle I would like to see, and I know who would win it. An alpha monkey... Versus a PMS woman. <laughs> I don't think he'd have a chance, really. Not a chance. No, 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 no. She would cut him up into little pieces and make him into a smoothie in the blender. I, and put some vodka in it. Yeah. While you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha monkeys beware. Definitely. You see women in Look at His Butt t-shirts, and you just better turn your little Alpha Watch monkey tails out. and walk away fast. Well, I think um, we've done enough of our um, poorly thought out and attacking opinions on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. I want to quote that at every opportunity. (laughs) It's great. 
Okay, well, um, people, uh, thank, thank you, uh, those of you who sent me birthday greetings. That was really nice. And, and I have certainly managed to stretch this birthday out with some help yeah. for quite a long time. The 12 days of JK's birthday. Yeah. And um, thanks for a great year. Yes. Yeah, and, and here's to this coming year and many more after that. Doing, and more ice cream cakes. And more ice cream cakes. Oh, totally. That was a great ice cream cake. <laughs> Yambola. Did we mention what it tasted like? Did we review the ice cream cake, or did we just gobble it down? I, I think we just ate it. And we okay, well, it. the strawberry ice cream was fantastic. It was really good, yeah. The picture is edible, <laughs> and you will be glad to know that even though there were knives present, we did not fight each other over who no, got to eat what I, part. I let you eat the face part. The but butt. only so you could eat the butt. And <laughs> <laughs> Now are you going to get like a, a t-shirt that says, I ate William Shatner's butt? <laughs> no. But the, the photograph is edible, but it tastes weird. It tastes weird. It's got to be made out of some sort of um, starchy material that will cling together like that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it had maybe a little potato starch in it or mm-hmm. something to keep it as a, a sheet. Because they obviously just But I'm wondering around, how do they get a photograph onto it? I don't know. I don't know. It's magic. That is such incredible technology. It's totally magic. Magical. And we had it. We had it. It was good. It was our anniversary cake. And Bill is now the media star of ice cream cake. (laughs) Corn, ice cream cake. You name it. He's done it. Okay, let's wrap this up. Um, We'll be back next time. Maybe, I think we're going to watch an episode for the next one. Uh, We're definitely going to try. Yeah, so we'll we'll do that. So uh, send us emails, send us comments. We would love to hear from you guys. (laughs) 